Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 7, Episodes 5 and 6, Chrysalis and Treachery Faith in the Great River. I'm very happy I managed to say Chrysalis correctly. <laughs> I was like, how is this going to come out? I have no idea. Uh, Michael, why don't you start us off with a plot synopsis of Chrysalis? So those wacky geniuses are back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serena, Jack, Lauren, and Patrick. And uh, basically, we start off... Bashir is very lonely. He's the only real genius on, on the station, especially mm-hmm. since Jitsia died. And uh, his lovely friends are back. He's been working on on uh, a way to get Serena um, out of her cataleptic state, where she's she's sort of retreated into her brain. And the way that he the way that he figures it out is that the way that she's able to process auditory visual information in her brain, it, it can't keep up with her enhanced brain power. So he uh, manages to get her out of it, and uh, she becomes uh, she's becomes communicative once again. And uh, and unlike the other super geniuses, she doesn't seem to have the same uh, behavioral issues, emotional issues yeah. uh, as Bashir. And Bashir falls in love with her, uh, which is kind of weird because of the whole doctor patient thing, mm-hmm. uh, as O'Brien does point out. Yeah. Um, and Bashir moves a little bit too fast. I mean, you know, after only a few days of her being communicative once again, he's already saying, like, I love you. Let's go to mm-hmm. Ryza together. Um, and unsurprisingly, she kind of balks at this and shuts down again. And it ends with her basically needing more space. And, uh, and off she goes. The yep. end. Yeah. Uh, so how do you feel about this episode? You know what? I actually like this episode. Uh, there's a certain plot that this has that I do not like, where somebody has a horrible illness and then they come out of it. And then at the end, the tragic twist is that they're returning back into that horrible illness. I mean, we've seen it in, in many times before. So I, when mm-hmm. I thought that that's the way that this was going, yeah. I, I think it's such a cheap way to, to build tension and it's very emotionally manipulative in a bad way. I, I think it's just easy. Yeah. But I do like that they flipped this episode where it was more about Bashir screwing up and it was more about Bashir pushing things, uh, you know, he's so desperately lonely that he, he, he makes decisions for himself, not for her. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, uh, yeah, in the end, I kind of appreciated it and, and, and I kind of like those weird geniuses. Yeah. What did you think of it? I like the weird geniuses too. I think they're all fun. Um, you know, they all have distinct personalities. I think Lauren sometimes is under sketched as a personality. I think mm. she's kind of a little bit too much of the like one note character, but, um, they are fun. I like that. It is it is interesting actually with Lauren that you have one woman and she's the the female genius and she's they make her as like a weird sexy genius. It, it's yeah. a little weird. Uh, it is well, weird. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. What am I talking about? Because you have Serena there who 
was totally unresponsive for, for yeah. the first one. So, but I mean, it is just sort of like a weird s- stereotype that doesn't get really deflated that much. Although she is a genius. Like, she is really, really smart, right? Mm-hmm. We can't forget that. But, um... I mean, the fact that she's so sexy, I don't really see that much of an impediment to her being in society, unlike Jack and Patrick, who do actually seem like functionally unable to exist in society. Whereas Lauren just seems like she's yeah. too sexy for the world, yeah. you know? Like, So that part, it might be because it's if they, if they actually amped up her character, it might become too much for the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I, so Lauren is, I, I wish she was a little bit different, but otherwise I, I like them. I get the idea of Lauren that she's, she has a high, um, uh, she's able to read people extremely well. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is its own kind of ge- genius. Um, yeah, yeah. Like she, so maybe she's very manipulative as well. I, I have no idea. I'm yeah. reading into this character. I'm create. I'm retconning a, a I, I agree. Now. I think that's what they intended, that she's kind yeah. of manipulative, but also nice, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a little unclear her character sometimes, and I think it's a little under developed but otherwise i do like them hmm. um did, did you like the where patrick is like oh my gosh we've had the big bang we're gonna have the big crunch or big collapse whatever you call yeah. it and uh, we need to figure out how to, <laughs> how to solve it solve, decrease the amount of of matter, matter in, in the, the universe, universe. Yeah. so we need to change the subspace yeah. uh, the 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 gravitational constant or something yeah. like that what do you, what do you say we're, we only have 70 trillion years to do this yeah <laughs> And I, I, I kind of like that because it was showing, you know, how they 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 get very passionate about projects, which we mm-hmm. saw previously. Like previously, it was geared towards something that was actually kind of moderately useful. And then they veered off into a completely unuseful uh, like area. Yeah. And then here you see how they spend most of their days. It's just... I, I honestly, I, I, have, I haven't had the privilege to meet many actual geniuses in my life. Um, but the ones that I have, they do seem to have that quality where they'll just see a problem and they'll just suddenly, you know, mid conversation, just sort of get into it and start figuring it out. Like their brain never shuts off. So yeah. It made sense to me that that's the way that they behave. And that they are not really capable of seeing what are the more pressing problems in a like a human society and yes, which ones yeah. are what ones you don't have to deal with right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um so so yeah, I like that. I liked what you were saying about the um you know, the traditional ending for this would be kind of she goes back into the catatonic state. They said cataleptic, but she's not actually cataleptic. I looked mm. this up. She's catatonic because cataleptic means that your limbs are stuck oh. in a particular position. And she doesn't, she never seems like she's like Like that. locked in syndrome is cataleptic. Cataleptic is like when you have a, a thing where you you hold a stance very tightly because your, your limbs are actually mm. unable to move. Like mm-hmm. people with Parkinson's sometimes have this where they can't move it. Mm. You know, an arm is lifted up and they can't move it down. Uh, she's actually catatonic. You know, she's non-responsive. She's in a stupor. So... Lauren was incorrect when she said cataleptic. Some of it didn't quite make sense because she says that she's she she's unable to really process uh, auditory information or, or she's out of sync, they explain it. But then she says that she's she can still listen to people and understand what they're saying. So, yeah, I think like, it was understood that it was like... I mean, there there's a lot of hand-waving going around with her illness, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was understood that she basically could understand everything that was going on. And she showed in the previous episode that she could respond in some ways. Yeah. She just, um, 
the idea is that she can't respond as fluidly as everyone else, and so she spends most of her time just sitting or standing in one position, mm-hmm. right? Because she did move around in that other episode, and she did... Um, she freed Bashir, remember? Yes. He was tied up or something, and she freed him. So yeah. she's capable of doing things in her state. She's just not as responsive. Um, there's a really lovely moment in this episode. It's the, the do re mi fa sol la ti do. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was surprised how much I, I, I personally really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was cute. There, there's all, I mean, the flip side of this standard plot is that when the person comes out of whatever the, whatever the illness is, you have that scene where they're suddenly, you know, yeah, alive shining, and shining. Yeah, yeah. and to, to, to do it in that way where they're all singing in harmony. And they kept going with it, I, I thought, which was fantastic they they really yeah. did a lot with with that with what could have been a very simple scene and there's something very emotionally kind of gratifying about it that i that i really like yeah the music was actually quite complex which was interesting mm-hmm. you know it wasn't just a simple do re mi thing it was actually you know there was like multiple harmonies going on and yeah it was it was really nice um apparently jack uh the guy who plays jack is not a singer at all he was tone deaf and so they had to pipe him Pipe in his voice. Oh, but the other three were singing. Yeah, I could tell she was singing. She or Serena, I mean. Yeah, uh, Lauren was pretty good too. Yeah, Serena. Serena must have a musical uh, background. She apparently hadn't sung much before this episode. Really? So, uh, but Lauren had. She'd been in all-girl uh, punk band. Oh, okay. In the 80s. Oh, nice. <laughs> really? What? What punk band? Was I don't that? know. I That's don't a, know. like a new wave band in the like. Yeah, I'm sure it was like just a local band or whatever. Oh, nice. But, but we yeah. should, I'm going to look that up after. We'll figure out the name. So the, Tweet out a link. <laughs> so the, yeah, the characters, I, that was a nice scene. It was, you know, it's a little ridiculous that someone who was in a catatonic stupor would suddenly be able to sing beautifully like that. That is a little mm. ridiculous, but we're meant to understand that they're geniuses and they kind of magic things to go happen. Mm. Which... Sometimes was a little silly, right? The scene where Bashir is trying to figure out how to help Serena and Miles says it can't be done. And then they just magic the machine to make it work. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. silly too. But um, yeah, those parts. Uh, and the fact that Serena, after waking up, can interact with human beings perfectly in like this very like fluid way. Yeah. That's a little bit... Um, unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wake up from an experience like that, you're going to find it very challenging to operate in a social context because mm-hmm. social contexts are not just like they're not natural, they're mm-hmm. completely artificial. And so it was a little ridiculous that stuff, but um, I agree with you. I was, you know, when I was watching this episode, I was thinking of that movie Awakenings. Remember with. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his name? The comedian, um, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, yeah. yeah. And uh, wasn't that based on the Oliver Sacks? It was based what? on Oliver yeah. Sacks, and I think it was was it Robert De Niro as well, um, or someone I can't remember. Anyway, and then at the end they go back into their catatonic state, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that was based on reality. That's exactly what happened. Uh, they found this what seemed like a cure, and then it it wasn't a cure. Right, and so I was afraid that that thing was going to happen in this episode. So I was yeah. I was pleasantly surprised as well that it did go to a different place. I generally liked this episode. I think it was just um, even with my kind of 
quibbles with it. I thought mm-hmm. it was like nicely handled and um you know the 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 kind of romance or non-romance that's happening, you can definitely see why Bashir would be infatuated with her and you would see why she hasn't like no ability to handle what he's trying to yeah, throw at her, yeah. right? The the ending made total sense. Yeah. I felt like she would have maybe tried to find her family, but she decides to go work. That's fine, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, all these people have been illegally. Uh, they've had the process is illegal, right? So you you don't know. I mean, we know that Bashir's family um, it finally caught up to them the last time we saw them. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Maybe her family's in jail. We have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So there was um, there was I I would have made some like small changes to it if I if I had if I was writing it but otherwise I yeah I generally liked it mm. I mean uh, one one little thing I want to say um, I like that Lauren had a had a crush on Nog <laughs> and there's a scene where she's just looking she's at looking picture. at a picture of him <laughs> I really like that yeah that was cute yeah um, I liked uh, I liked how they they got to the medical bay and uh, they're like, I was like, how did you manage to um, walk around with those uniforms on? And and they said, well, Patrick just said, um, that's a stupid question. Yeah, that's a stupid question. <laughs> and they're like, you'd be surprised how well it works. Yeah, I'm going to try that. And I encourage all of our listeners to try that today. Just <laughs> randomly walk around. And, and I think you have to pretend to be an authority figure. Just in your own mind, you are an authority figure. And if anybody questions what you're doing. There's your response. Yeah. Um, there was a very subtle makeover in this episode. Uh, uh, oh, I Laura, missed it. Lauren gives Serena a makeover, and it literally is just like putting on some lip gloss and like putting her hair back <laughs> and some <laughs> Yeah, I was... Oh, the big reveal of that dress? I was expecting like a massive ball gown yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, And it's just like some like, you know pastel you yeah. know summer number it's, it's nice it's not amazing and she wears that dress for a long time yeah it's like it becomes her only dress uh yeah it was fine i mean it's kind of silly that lauren there's like the girls have to get together and like mm-hmm. get a makeover it's kind of silly but yeah uh but yeah otherwise i generally i i liked it i didn't think it was amazing but mm. I, I liked it i think we're in agreement there uh, should we move on to the next episode? Treachery, Faith, and the Great River. <laughs> so, uh, in this episode, with a terrible title, we start off with Odo gets a message from Gull Rasal, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, he thought that Rasal had been executed by the Cardassian government, but uh, he was a good informant for Odo, so Odo decides to go meet him. When he gets there, he finds out that it's not Rasal, it's actually Weyoun is there, and Weyoun says, I want to defect. And Odo, of course, is like, what? <laughs> he actually makes that noise. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, uh, and as it comes out through a, a message from another Weyoun and uh, Galdemar, uh, it com- becomes clear that the previous Weyoun had died, Weyoun 5 had died, Weyoun 6 was created, the one talking to Odo was created, but he was considered defective because he was, I guess, too nice or something like that. And so he decided to <laughs> yeah. leave, and they created Weyoun 7, who was mm-hmm. like a little bit more closer to Weyoun 5. Mm-hmm. And so they want to 
stop Wayun Six. They tell him to activate his his self destruct mechanism, basically, and he says no. And uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> he says no, and uh, and so he basically wants to defect. Galdemar and Wayun Seven have a little conversation about what they should do because Odo's on the runabout, um, and Wayun Seven uh, against. His programming, I guess, says that Odo should be killed. Um, while they're on the run, the Wayun Six and Odo um, start talking, and Wayun Six tells them that all the changelings are starting to suffer from some illness, some mysterious illness, and Odo seems to be unaffected. So they uh, they don't know what's going to happen, but it could potentially cause the the founders to all die out. Eventually, the Geminar catch up to Wayun and Odo, and all looks dire. Um, but at the last minute, Wayun Six realizes that he has to serve the founders above everything else, and decides to uh, kill himself so that Odo can live. Mm. And uh, he does so, and Odo's sad. Okay, and then at the end of plot A, plot you, B, you've got the treachery and faith. You still have the great river. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, apparently the Great River also refers to the roundabout, which is called the Rio Grande. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, the uh, plotline B is O'Brien and Nog are have made a mess of the promenade because they're trying to fix a bunch of stuff. And O'Brien needs all sorts of graviton emitters or stuff. And uh, he can't get them because it's just not possible. So Nog decides to use his Ferengi wiles to create a bunch of deals and the deals are so complicated and so ridiculous that halfway through O'Brien's like you need to stop this and Nog says no you need to trust in the great physical continuum which is I guess material material continuum thank you Michael and uh, basically it's this idea of like I guess it's some sort of religious idea of like You just trust in the fact that trades will happen. Yeah, and bartering. It's all about bartering. Yeah. Bartering. You just have faith in the bartering, which I think was kind of... I, I kind of liked it. And um, O'Brien loses hope. And at, at the end, of course, though, Nog sorts it all out and everything is back to normal and no one notices that there was any sort of problems and everyone's happier and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So there we go. What did you think about Treachery Faith and the Great River? I liked it. Um, I generally liked it. I didn't, wasn't like I loved it, but I generally thought it was good. I like the odd person pairing of Worf, uh, Worf, O'Brien and Nog. Mm-hmm. I like their contrast, and I like Nog's uh, go get him attitude, and uh, O'Brien being a stodgy, like, well, being the voice of reason, right? I mean, at one point, Nog trades away. Uh, Cisco's desk. Yeah, and, <laughs> which is pretty daring. Yeah, yeah, pretty daring, pretty pretty uh, lobesy, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <laughs> and I like that. And um, and then the other plot line, I I liked as well. I think it it explored some interesting ideas about you know what you know, particularly that point where Wayun was saying. You know, if all the founders die, you'll basically be running the Dominion, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting idea, you know? And and then just, you know, I love seeing Jeffrey Coombs on screen and and we got to see the female changeling and I just love all those people being jerks and like telling people what to yeah. do. 
and like off with their heads or whatever. So I'm fine with an episode that is just filled with Wayun and mm. and Damar and stuff. I'm going to disagree with you on Ooh, this one. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so hot on this episode. Um, I I found that it was basically 45 minutes to give you one piece of information, which is that uh, the founders are sick. Yeah. And and the the great material continuum is this exact same plot line we've seen before with the self stealing self sealing stem bolts when they were trading their way to what they actually wanted. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine because I think it's I I actually like the idea of the great material continuum, where he says that there's all these worlds in the galaxy that lack certain things and have too much of something else. And if you ride that river properly, you'll get exactly what you want. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun idea, and I do, and I totally agree with you. The O'Brien and Nog is a great combo because O'Brien's always willing to try something, you know, yeah. uh, to get ahead or whatever. And yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the but the other thing is just not a lot happened. I mean, Odo's basically just stuck on a ship with yeah with uh, Wayun Six uh, until you know he's saved and. And I don't know. It it just didn't do anything for me. And and I actually felt like, as much as I like the uh, O'Brien Odo plot, it just felt like they needed to insert something else uh, because they didn't have enough in the other plot, and they just recycled an, an older storyline. Like it was, I don't know. Oh, this is very yeah. interesting because normally I'm uh, I'm the one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. saying that the episode's terrible and you're the one... I'm not saying it's it. terrible, but it's not definitely not my favorite. See, what, I, li is, yeah. what I liked about it was um, the Nog one, I knew how it was going to resolve, but the mm -hmm. the Odo and Wayun plot, I actually just didn't, didn't genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that I found was interesting. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I enjoy, is when there's... Uh, when there is tension, but I have no idea how it's going to be resolved. Mm. And and there's certain rules to the tension, right? We know the Jemadar aren't supposed to fire, or the Jemadar don't want to kill a founder. Um, so then Weyun is kind of going against his own programming, and then there's the whole heightened thing of the the other founder there. You know, is she going to find out? You know, there's there's all sorts of mas machinations going on that I, yeah. I like. I like those machinations. And Damar is still drinking his, his yeah, canar. He's apparently an alcoholic. It's like every single scene, they drive that point home. Yeah. And in this, he's like, would you like some canar? Yeah. Like, I mean, but he never seems drunk. No. So, and I hate He's those a glasses. functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. He's... he's he, maybe, he can keep going. Maybe he's drunk when he isn't drinking canar. You know? Like that's what happens with alcoholics. They're drunk yeah. when they're sober. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not funny. But, <laughs> uh, but those glasses are terrible. I hate how tall they are and thin. Mm. Um, they seem so... I mean, particularly for like a very... Damar is supposed to be a very masculine and aggressive guy and he's drinking these dainty little glasses. <laughs> I find that ridiculous. Um, yeah, and I liked... I liked that... Both of these plot lines were about faith, right? Hmm. Um, and they were about two different styles of faith. One, well, two different, like, faith, uh, you know, um, faith systems, you know. So the Ferengi is that you have faith in these trades working out. And then for the um, for the Wayuns, for the Vorda, it's hmm. that the founders are doing the best for them. And... I think this is interesting in that 
in both cases, their faith was correct, you know, in the sense that um, Wei Yun, when he died, and I actually found that genuinely, like, hmm. uh, emotionally affecting when he died, and, you know, Odo he gave asked him, for a blessing. Uh, yeah. Odo gave it to him, and, and Odo, like, even though he doesn't want to play a god, he, he realized this is, you know, this is the kind thing to do for someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... And we also get a little bit about Kira's uh, faith in this as well. And so we get this idea that, and I think this is the strength of DS9, where they they can present all these different faiths and then they don't present them as jokes or ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They say instead that they offer something to these people that a more rational view of the universe doesn't provide them. Yeah. And, and, and Nog's case, for example, it enables him to do something that other people wouldn't be able to do, right? Um, yeah, you'd be able to get these things if you didn't believe in this great material continuum. Yeah. So and and, and Wayun Wayun six kind of beha- he behaves in a selfless way and and saves Odo because of his faith that Odo is a god and 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 Odo uh, and his life will have meaning. And his if life, he does... yeah, his life will have meaning if 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 he gives it up and Odo can continue to lead the Dominion. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I, I liked those aspects of it. And, um, you know, and yeah, exactly. So I, I felt like this episode had um, those, you know, it had tension, and it, but it also had like kind of a higher, deeper meaning, which I, I kind of appreciate in episodes. So mm-hmm. that's the reason I was enjoying it. Yeah, I, I just found there wasn't enough there for me plot-wise, maybe. I don't know. I, I got a little bit bored with this one, to be honest. But again, I want to see more Nog and O'Brien episodes <laughs> where they're just trapped together or sorting, sorting things out. Yeah. I, I also thought it was funny I, I, that uh, Avery Brooks got to got to play like the angry boss yeah, in yeah. this episode where Cisco's like, I want my gravity destabilizer right now! You yeah, know, yeah. like totally beyond reason. Yeah. Uh, you could tell he was having fun in this episode. Yeah, we got a brief shout out to Captain Picard as well. Yeah, the Captain... Oh, yeah, okay. I that, that was neat. That there's this weird fan out there who just likes to have his holodeck pictures uh, of famous captain's desks and he has Picard's. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, apparently that was based upon, you know, uh, how fans feel about Star mm. Trek. Um, yeah, and uh, apparently this is one of uh, Jeffrey Coombs' favorite episodes because mm. he had to play basically two different versions of Wayun, mm-hmm. and so he had to give like two different performances. Um, we also got to see Wayun eating uh, pepperoni pizza with chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he and he says he doesn't really have taste; he just likes the texture, which yeah. I, I understand. Yep. Yeah. And that whole weird uh, plot line about how um, the founders found the Borda and turned them from like little ape creatures into what Li- they are now. Yeah, living in hollowed out trees. That was kind of adorable. I'd like yeah. to see <laughs> where they come from. If it's true. Yeah. I mean, is that is that a history that the, that the founders have fictionalized and yeah. created for them? To give them, you know, uh, meaning, or is it something that they actually? Because if because if that's legit, that's actually terrifying. That they were eating their berries in the forest, having an okay time, and then they saved some founder, who was being chased by uh, solids, and then the founder said, "Okay, I'll pay you back," and then genetically manipulated them to be uh, servile to them and yeah. carry out their diplomatic missions. That's messed up. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's still the, those tree vortas somewhere. We don't yeah. know if they did it to all of them. Mm. Or even if, yeah, if it's even true, right? Mm -hmm. It may not even be true. Maybe they just created them from scratch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, I guess for me, I could just have an episode where it's just Wayun, uh, Damar, and the female changeling just like talking about how much they hate everyone and like <laughs> getting mad at each other i would just watch an episode of that yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had some good uh, spaceship scenes in this you know some uh runabouts flying through comet clouds and like uh comets being blown up i yeah when those <laughs> when they were getting blown up i actually thought matthew's really enjoying this scene. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna give this episode a good review that's yeah. pretty good explosions i i enjoyed that uh the part i did not like um, was the opening? Do you remember the opening? Uh, no. What was when, the opening? When Kira is... Oh, the massage! The creepy back massage. The creepy back massage. Yeah. It's like one of the worst things that's ever happened on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah. It like, doesn't look very good. It, like, just makes you... Well, I mean, I imagine... It just makes you think of other things. Yeah. And it makes you go, oh my god... I don't even want to imagine what. Well, we I I remember in, when we were talking first talking about Odo at the very beginning of this podcast, we were like, there would be people lining up to have sex with Odo. Yeah, like clearly because the guy's a he can take on any shape and whatever. So I mean, every once in a while they kind of refer to it, you know. Yeah, and, and that was one of its the more overt references to that. Um, but, it, but, but it did not look good. It just no. looked like a weird jelly thing yeah. on, on her back. and bleh. I mean, I'm sure it was a great massage. Mm -hmm. You know, as someone who really appreciates a good massage, I'm sure it was amazing, right? Because yeah. he, he can get into every little nook and cranny and just, like, work it and stuff. But it just made me think of other things, and I was like... Bleh, bleh. Yeah. And I was, like, really grossed out. And uh, once again, it just reminded me of how much I hate their romance. Yeah. 100% agree. I hate it so much. Um, I hated the previous episode where he's holding her hand. Um, first of all, like, I don't know. Who holds their... <laughs> who holds their partner's hand at a table like that? Like, on the table? Right in front of everybody else? It seems so weird and creepy and gross. Like, you never saw Dax and Worf mm. doing that, right? And that's the way most couples are. And mm -hmm. with Odo and Kira, it often seems, because they have no idea, because their whole romance seems so fake, they, writers have no idea of how to portray it realistically. Yeah. So every time they portray it, it seems like weird. And it doesn't seem like something that... It seems like they turn into like stock characters of like two people in a romantic situation instead of, oh, this is Kira's character and this is Odo's character interacting. Mm -hmm. so, a, yeah, I'm not, I'm down on this whole thing. Yeah. I, I was happiest when it looked like that was it. That, and then they brought them back together. And I, I don't know. I, yeah. I find it, confu I'm confused and upset. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad, but and there a, you go. And a little sleepy. And a little sleepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, I think that's about all I need to say about that episode. Do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, apart from the incredibly terrible title, right? 
Why do they have all three of those? Why don't you just call it the Great River? I don't know. I that I like that Rio Grande uh, thing that yeah. you mentioned. That's neat. That's... Or just call it Faith. Faith. Like the okay yeah yeah all right but anyway that's all I have to say about that uh, yeah so we'll wrap it up there um, so as always you can send us a note over Twitter Facebook uh, Gmail at rrds9 podcast at gmail.com and uh, otherwise have a great weekend thanks for listening. <laughs>